Welcome to Life Skills for Kids, Superstar Practical Strategies, your go-to podcast for surviving and thriving with your children. I'm your host, Deb Hopper, and as a parent and an occupational therapist, I understand the reality of getting through each day with the kids. Join me as we delve into tips, tricks, and strategies that you can use today. Hello, and welcome to the Life Skills for Kids podcast. And we have another very special guest here today, uh, Fleur Chambers. Um, Fleur, can you explain to us uh, a little bit about, you know, what you're passionate about and what you like to help parents with? Sure. It's lovely to be here, Deb. So thank you for having me. And um, as you said, my name's Fleur and I'm the founder of Harvesting Happiness, which is a community organisation that really supports mums, kids and everyone in the community to sort of wake up from the busyness and the stressful um, parts of life so they can really um, see their life in more open and calm ways and sort of respond more skillfully. So I teach people mindfulness and meditation, but also ideas around how to be more compassionate towards themselves and their kids, how to forgive themselves when they make mistakes, how to have opportunities of connection with their kids. So um, often people have a desire to be more mindful, but they don't quite know how to do it. So a lot of the work I do is around teaching really small practical steps about how people can, especially mums and kids, can just have more mindful moments in each day without having to go to yoga or a retreat or get their nails done or have a massage. So it's, it's mindfulness amidst the busyness, really. And that is so important because, you know, life is so busy, you know, with, you know, the reality of, you know, trying to, you know, look after yourself with self-care, with exercise, with, you know, time out, um, as well as, you know, running after the kids and school drop-offs and sports, you know, being mum's taxi. <laughs> it's it's a real challenge, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so what's really empowering for mums is when they realise that just four or five small mindful moments a day is enough to actually decrease your sense of stress and overwhelm and really make a difference. And you can have a mindful moment in the shower, you can have a mindful moment in the car, you can have a mindful moment whilst eating. We joke you can have one on the toilet. Like, it, you know, it doesn't need to be fancy or grand. It's more about the intention and the attitude you bring to it and less about what you're actually doing. Fantastic. Okay. So, um, Tell me about, you know, how can we remember, because life just gets so busy, how can we start to program ourselves to prioritise but also just to remember this in the midst of a busy day? Yeah, so this is a great question and what I really like is to ask mums to set themselves sort of a mindful reminder. So maybe it's the door handle when they come in from work or for me there's an amazing gum tree that's out the front in someone else's back garden and so every day when the three kids are hopping in the car which is usually quite a stressful time getting everyone to school I see that tree and I go ah this is my trigger to stop take a breath feel my feet on the ground let my shoulders relax so the trees one for me um other people might have when they tuck their kids in to bed because you do that every night so Every night when you tuck your kids in, you're going to start with a breath. You're just going to notice your shoulders relaxing, feel the um, fabric, give a kiss, touch your children's face. 
So just small, small regular things that you do each day that could remind you. Cleaning your teeth, that's a good one. Um, cooking, your morning coffee. So what do you do every day that when you do it, it could either trigger you to have a mindful moment or you could have that moment more mindfully? Yes, and when I had younger kids, um, you know, putting clothes on the line was like a, a good time because, you, you know, you're outside, you've got that fresh air. Um, often the kids are, you know, playing, you know, on the grass or they're inside still and it's just a little bit quieter. So that was that was one of my triggers. Uh, I really love that. And so um, you're outside, you can feel the clothes in your hand, probably feel a breeze on your skin, your feet on the ground, a sense of satisfaction or achievement that you're getting something done. So, yeah, that's a really lovely one. And it's interesting how with the passing of time, you look back on those really simple times when the kids were very little with a sense of fondness, don't you? Yeah. We do, yes. Another one was, you know, pushing the pram, you know, when I had had just, you know, the one child. And because, again, you're outside, you got the sun. It was, you know, he was a baby, you know, through winter. So it was just, you know, beautiful, clear days, crisp days, but that lovely warmth of the sun. And also from a sensory perspective, you know, pushing the pram, you get some muscle kind, uh, some nice grounding muscle input, you know, as you're walking. But Deb, what I find um, people also aren't sure about is, okay, great, they want to have these mindful moments and they set themselves the mindful reminders, but then how do you actually do it? Yeah, so can you, can you give us some tips for that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, for me, I always start with breath. Breath's your number one way to come back into the present and into your own body. So when you have a mindful breath, you don't hurry the breath, quick, got to get through this breath so I can then do the next thing. You are curious about your breath. So noticing how it feels as it enters your body and noticing how it feels as it leaves your body. Is it warm? Is it cool? Is it shallow? Is it just sitting up in your throat? Or can you bring it a little bit deeper into your chest and your tummy? And then after you've had a few breaths, you might like to get into your body. Oh, does my body feel tight? Am I tight up in my shoulders? Does my tummy feel tight? Can I breathe into those places and just see if I can soften them? So you start with your breath and then you move into your body. And then if you like, you might like to scan your physical environment as you were talking about, noticing being outside, the breeze, sun, trees, or you might like to scan your thoughts. Oh, what have my thoughts been doing at the moment? Are they really in the past? Am I ruminating or replaying conversations or am I just on this crazy future track where I'm planning and coordinating? What are my thoughts doing? Okay, breath, come back into the present. Or how am I emotionally? Oh, have I been feeling a lot of guilt? Am I sad? Have I lost my patience with the kids? Have I been feeling a little irritable? So you just bring a sense of warm-hearted curiosity to whatever's going on for you. And how you do it is breath, getting into your body. I really like using my senses, and I'm sure you talk about this a lot, but when you engage your senses, um, you actually use different brain waves, so it automatically gets you out of your thinking mind. You can't think and sense at the same time. So for me, that's my that's my go to mindful 
tool is engaging my senses and use your kids too. I mean, whenever I'm feeling a little distracted or stressed, I just use my senses with my kids. I smell the top of their hair. I touch their hand and you just stay there a little bit longer than you would normally. And it's it's really enjoyable. And I I really liked how you talked about being mindful with knowing where you are in your emotions. Because when I work with kids who struggle with self-regulation and, you know, they're often in that emotional state so that they they can't get their, their leader, their um, their frontal lobe online to think about a strategy. Um, the first step is to try and get them to understand you know, what 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 are they feeling? Are they feeling sad? Are they feeling tired? You know what's actually happening, and getting them to actually label that as a starting point. Before you can actually get to the strategies, you need to actually identify that you're in that stressed or worried, you know, fight or flight zone. Absolutely, and with the emotions and children, if you ask kids um you know how they're feeling where is it in their body or what color is it or what texture I mean you get the most amazing responses kids will tell you about having sharp rusty nails in their tummy or balls of green slime or all of this and if only if us adults could interact (laughs) with their emotions like that it would just be amazing but so even just the talking about it creates space doesn't it and when you have some space there's some freedom to respond in more skillful ways. I mean, I know when I had three children under three and sort of those first two years, I actually had a rock in my gut, you know, right in that top bit for two years. And I just, just, it became so normal. Whereas if I had have had some skills and known to breathe into that and to be curious about what it was, because it was too much in the future and it was anxiety manifesting in my stomach. So your body gives you amazing clues as to how you are. It's just often we don't feel comfortable enough to listen. That's right. And men, so many of the parents I work with are in that fight and flight zone and they, I'm sure they have like a rock or a snake in their stomach or, you know, there's so many ways of describing that. But, yeah, yeah awareness is the first step before we can move on to some strategies, isn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely, and a warm-hearted awareness. So I like to, um, you know, if you're going to be aware but then be really hard on yourself and be critical of yourself that you're sad or you're grumpy or you're stressed, then the awareness is no good. So so the awareness needs to be um, met with a sense of compassion as well. Yeah. Definitely. And um, I think, you know, once we start to, you know, do some mindfulness and, you know, create some, you know, some quiet moments, um, we just need to take imperfect action. Like doing something to start, seeing how that goes and then, you know, trying again and fine tuning it. Oh, and and you never master it. I mean, I've I've been practising mindfulness every day for 10 years and it's not that I will ever get to the end of it it just changes mindfulness is a practice and I like to imagine it as like a little friend sitting on my shoulder and she just gives you what you need each day so sometimes my mindfulness practice will um, really involve noticing aches and pains in my body some days it will have more of a compassion focus some days it will be about my thoughts 
Other times it will be about being out in nature. So it's like a constant companion that grows as you grow. And the more you do it, the more you love it. So at the start, it can feel a little bit like hard work, especially when all the external messages in our environments are telling us not to be mindful. Buy this, do that, learn this, hope for this, plan for this. So to actually pause and be mindful, it's like you're swimming against a tide. So it can feel quite uncomfortable at the start. When I talk with mums about actually what would it take to sit down and enjoy that cup of tea rather than wipe the bench at the same time or um, tidy up the toast crusts or flick through social media. And it can feel really uncomfortable just allowing yourself to stop. You can feel guilty, bored. Is this really as good as it gets? What if I don't like myself? I should be tidying the playroom. All these things come up. So, um, but the more you do it, the more you're like, hey, this feels good and it's benefiting me and my family. So you continue. So with any practice, it, it feels like a little bit of work at the start, doesn't it? It does. It's just, uh, yeah, trying to, it's creating a new habit and a new routine, isn't it? Um, a routine to remember, but then a routine of, yeah, so what do I do? Um, you know, and, you know, some people might knit or crochet. Some people might, you know, do that. You know, I love the adult colouring in. And, you know, even just having, like, I, I have many packs of coloured felt tip pens around because if I have one missing, it's not quite right. <laughs> but just even just seeing that those beautiful colours just in that pack, in the lounge room next to my book, even if, if I, I don't get to it for a month, it's like, oh, that's right. That's there for, you know, whenever I want or need it. Yeah, and that's just a reminder. So that's a lovely mindful reminder, isn't it? And even if you don't do the colouring right then and there, perhaps you'll just take a breath and yes. you'll stop and you'll have a mindful moment even if it wasn't the one that you planned. That's right, yes. So, you know, this, you know, this busyness versus, you know, this state of being. Like, you know, we are called human beings, but often we're human doers, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think for mums, we really, you know, we have to do. We have to be one step ahead. Um, I remember when my kids were small, I mean, before bed, I would have had the nappy bags, the kindy bags, the lunches, you know, everything prepared. And you have to do that. So bedtime and breakfast time isn't so stressful. But what happens is when, when we exercise these always in the future muscles, um, over time it elevates our stress levels. And added to this is lack of sleep, um, you know, maybe poor food and diet and your body going through physical changes. Most mums are stressed, but they don't realise. That doesn't mean they're not a good mum or they're not coping or they're not managing. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means their body is experiencing stress. And when we get stressed, a whole load of weird and wonderful things happen that we actually think are who we really are, but they're not. Things like not being able to regulate your emotions, going from a deep sense of love and gratitude to impatience in one foul swoop. Um, the ones that I really notice are a heightened sense of fear. So a real worry about your children's physical safety and their emotional safety. 
Um, not being able to problem solve very creatively. So if some small thing happens, it just feels really, really big. Um, and then the other one is sort of guilt, not forgiving yourself, and this very, very tunneled vision perspective of your life. Um, and so these qualities are all really natural signs of stress. But when mums don't realise that they're stressed, they think it's actually who they are. So then they start thinking, oh, I'm naturally just a worrier or it's normal for people to be fearful of their children's safety. And so they start to normalise these behaviours that are actually a response to stress. I know for me, I just, I just said to myself, oh, I'm a worrier. I've always been a worrier. But actually, no, worrying is just a thinking habit and I can change it if I want. So is that, is that your experience that stress comes up in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways? Absolutely, yes. And, um, yes, so many of my, um, my therapy mums are caught into that, that fight and flight response. So yeah. they, they react, they, they feel they're not coping, they, um, they feel down on themselves, they feel overwhelmed themselves. Um, and I think, I think sometimes we lose the, the bigger picture that there, there's, a, there's an option, like, you know, and I, I do this with my therapy kids as well a lot, you know, knowing, you know, sometimes there's a path where um, they, they react and then they have a suspension. But there is another path. There's another choice, uh, another outcome. And the same with parents. You know, we don't have to be in that overwhelmed state. You know, if we can create a bubble, and I love that idea of a bubble, um, between, you know, um, the busyness and the emotions, we can change by doing the mindfulness. We can change the reaction that we have to those emotions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You and for me now, after practicing for ten years, I'm I'm very quick to see when I'm losing my way, um, when I'm feeling very reactive or um, emotional, or really have this heightened sense of concern for my children's well-being. And so it's not that it never happens, but you acknowledge it quicker and you bring yourself back. So mindfulness is a way to help you to come back. You keep on coming back. It's not that you'll never have a bad day, you'll never be fearful for your children, you'll never overreact, but when you will, you won't buy into the story for quite as long. You'll, you'll go, ah, that's just the story, and then you'll come back. Um, so for me, activating your senses is definitely the most powerful one when you really, really... Um, stressed out as a mum because um, it really gets you out of your head and even just like notice using sight. So if you're feeling very distracted, your thoughts are way off to next week of the plans for the weekend and your kids are talking to you and then you're getting a bit irritable, pause, take a breath and notice the details on your children's faces, their little eyelashes, their little face the way their hair flicks up at the back and maybe touch them, just really touch them and say, oh, I really like how soft your hands are. Smell the top of their head. One of my favourite things to do is hear my children laughing when they're in another room and instead of just letting that wash off, I take a breath and I think, oh, there are my children laughing together. 
So in order for mindful moments to actually make more of a difference than just in that immediate context, you need to let them linger for about 20 seconds. So take, for example, the children's laughter. I'm in the kitchen cutting up veggies for dinner and I can hear the kids laugh. So what most people do is go, ah, laughter, back to the vegetables and thinking about next week. Now, that isn't enough to create new neural pathways. So what you need to do is actually really enhance that moment. Oh, there are my kids. They're laughing. Oh, one one pitch is higher than the other. I wonder what they're doing. Aren't I lucky that my kids get on so well? Aren't I lucky to have my family? Take a breath. So you sort of really flesh out the moment for about 20 seconds. And if you do that a few times a day, then that actually really strengthens your neural pathways for presence, happiness, and then you, and also just deregulates your nervous system. That is beautiful. And I love how you're bringing together both the sensory and, and changing your thought patterns. Yeah. From, from being just fleeting attention to fleshing it out for 20 seconds, but also really appreciating and having that gratitude of, Wow, you know, these are my kids, you know. Isn't it great that they're happy and they're awesome? And I'm um, just going back to my clothesline analogy. I, I um, you know, you know, we often think, oh, you know, you've got to put the clothes on the line. But if we can be more mindful um and and have the gratitude of, you know, aren't aren't we blessed that we can have these nice clothes to wear? And I can have a family, you know, awesome kids, you know, who wear these clothes. That can help with, yeah, being more mindful and, and thankful about, you know, the, the regular chores. Oh, absolutely. And so when I teach mums, we talk about mindfulness as being a gateway to then experiencing a whole lot of other positive inner resources. So gratitude being one of them, connection, kindness, compassion, awe and wonder, which is what you were talking about with nature. So You start the baseline, the gateway is awareness, mindfulness, and then from there you invite in other things. And you invite in ones that feel natural to you. So what's interesting, Deb, is some people will go, oh, gratitude just doesn't do it for me. It feels fake. I can't connect with it. But give me a sunrise or a flock of birds or the changing autumn leaves and I'm there. So it's about working out which one speak to you and then working with those ones and not feeling guilty that all of them don't work for you yeah and maybe is it like a finding where to start so you might start with the nature because that's what speaks to you and then you know practicing that might bring you around to being more mindful of noticing your children or you know their laughter and their sensory parts yes Yeah, so you use your senses to notice those other things. So uh, some families love gratitude at dinner. What are we grateful for? Um, Other people really love compassion. So they talk about with their kids kindness um, and those type of things. I'm I'm a nature girl. So for me, um, awe and wonder is my ticket in and I use my senses for that. So I feel a breeze. I notice birds in the sky, I notice. And so, for example, if I notice the change in the sky, 
I actually go, oh, I've noticed. And then I go, okay, let this be a mindful moment. And then I'm committed for 20 seconds just to be in that moment. Yeah, fantastic. So the benefits of being a mindful parent is that it, it calms us down. And um, I love the concept of, you know, parenting with, you know, open and compassionate hands. But to be able to do that, we really need to be grounded and mindful in ourselves so that, you know, we are calm and organised. Oh, absolutely. I say to the mums that I support, what's the best way you can create a mindful family? And the answer is you being mindful yourself. Absolutely. So um, in a past life, I was a kid's yoga teacher, a yoga and mindfulness teacher, and I used to do this amazing work with these grade five and sixes, and they used to be so excited about the potential of all of these mindfulness ideas. And then they'd come home to stressed out, distracted, overwhelmed parents, and they just didn't have any space to practice. And I'm not judging those stressed and overwhelmed parents. We've all been there. But the point of that example is um, kids are naturally more mindful. They just sort of lose their way when they're in an environment at home that's not very mindful. So it's absolutely our job as parents to try and create that that environment um, without any judgment because life's tough for everybody um, and we certainly can't be mindful all the time but we can we can have a few we can have a few moments and when you talk to your kids about mindfulness that's a beautiful moment to let it land so you both get one because talking is a perfect way so when I have a hug with my kids at night Instead of just the hug and then go, I say, oh, your skin feels so soft. I feel so relaxed when we cuddle. Can you notice your body relaxing too? Where do you feel the relaxation? So you begin to allow them to strengthen their muscles of mindfulness as well. And curiosity is the absolutely most important quality around it. So questions how do you feel when we're together like this? Where does that emotion sit for you? Um, how do those thoughts make you feel? These are all wonderful ways to cultivate a more mindful family. Oh, I love that. I'm going to try that tonight. Yeah, and just yeah. a beautiful way to let it land. And another mindfulness practice I really like for kids, especially kids that experience anxiety. Um, so... When we learn to understand our own thoughts, basically that they're either in the past or the future, they're very rarely in the present. When we learn what our thinking habits are, we can also get a sense of what our kids' thinking habits are. And so what I realise is I have two children that are always in the future, worried about the future. And I've got one child that's actually just naturally, his head's in the clouds. He's just do-do-do-do-do, which is lovely. <laughs> Um, and so when you realise that your kids can have a potential for futuring and that the way you interact with them is they're usually just asking you a whole lot of questions about the future and you're answering them, um, you can actually say, oh, that's actually in the future. Why don't we just focus on what we've got going on now? Can you hear the, the birds or isn't that sunset nice? Or let's go back to the book or I'm enjoying being here with you right now. So you bring them back. You bring them back just as you would bring yourself back. And so that's a really empowering way for parents to be able to help their kids 
that get caught in cycles of futuring or worrying. Oh, that's lovely too. Can we just talk about um, bedtime just for a little bit because that can be a really stressful time for parents because, you know, some so many kids, they have so many thoughts going around in their head and they just find it hard to unwind and settle into that sleep. What ideas do you have for that? Um, well, isn't it amazing? All our problems feel bigger when our head hits the pillow and that's the same for adults as it is for children. So um, I feel like that you get you answer each question, but when they start becoming sort of habitual or insatiable, these questions never end, that's when you need to calmly and cleanly bring them back into the present and say, okay, that's a worry for tomorrow. That sounds like a worry, but right now let's just focus on where we are, warm, tucked up in bed. So cultivating a feeling of safety is one of the most powerful ways you can relax yourself and kids. So most of our stresses come from fear. So if we can replace it with a sense of safety. So what I say to my kids when we're in bed having a cuddle or whatever, I say, oh, isn't it lovely? Can you see the got a roof over our heads, a door, the door's locked, we're all here together, we're safe, all is well, we're safe. Do you feel safe here? Can you feel the, hear the wind outside? Isn't it nice to be safe inside? So cultivating this sense of feeling safe and at ease because you often don't think, hang on, right here, right now, all is well. Yeah. All is just not well when we go into the future or go into the past. But more often than not, when we're in the present, all is well. And then what I um, used to do when my children were quite little is I used to um, meditate with them. We would just do a breath meditation. And since then, I've written quite a few guided meditations for kids. So I looked the other day and realized they'd been listened to 30,000 times around the world. Wow. Mild thinking of all those little children <laughs> in bed and all those happy mums and dads. So, <laughs> I've recently um, written two new guided meditations, one for two to five-year-olds and the other for six to 12-year-olds. And they're just a beautiful way to change that fear and insatiable wants and worries focus that often happens at night to a more right here, right now, all is well. Um, so you can do these meditations together. You can lie on your child's floor. You can snuggle up on the corner of their bed. They're really very sweet. Um, they, they're practical. They teach children to focus on their breath, to feel gratitude. And there's some little questions. They're quite sweet. The kids answer the questions out loud. It's really, it's a, it's a lovely thing to do with your children. So that's something that I would recommend giving a go. You don't need to have any meditation experience and your kids will just, they'll be open to it. Kids are so open to new things. Yeah. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Oh, and I think I might try it myself tonight too. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to pop um, some info about um, where you can contact um, Fleur and links to those uh, guided meditations for bedtime. And just tell us quickly, Fleur, what's your website again? Uh, so my website is harvestinghappiness.com.au 
And on there, there's a meditation library, a free meditation library, which has over 50 guided meditations. There's ones especially for mums, ones for kids and ones for everyone in the community. My meditations are really accessible down to earth. There's no references of unicorns or, you know, reaching some huge, amazing moment of calm. It's just deeply accessible for people. And um, I run courses and there's always lots of interesting things coming up on my website. So it's a great resource. Absolutely. And I can definitely recommend Flaz Meditations. I've been able to have one of those um, face-to-face on the beach um, during a retreat. So, um, and it was just, yeah, just beautiful and grounding. Oh, lovely, Deb. Well, it's been a pleasure to chat with you and you're doing amazing work. Oh, thank you, Fleur. And, yeah, it was lovely having you on and perhaps we can get you back again to talk about something else. That would be really lovely, Deb. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Fleur. Take care. Thank you for joining me on the Live Skills for Kids podcast, providing you with superstar parenting tips and empowering you to be the rock in your child's life. Do you have an anxious child and feel overwhelmed and unsure how to help them? Check out my book, Teaching Kids to Manage Anxiety, Superstar Practical Strategies to help your anxious child move from fear and worry to confidence and peace. See you next time.